You're so worthy, Lord, of praise. You are so great, so awesome, so beyond our comprehension. Yet you love us. You invite us to draw near. You share with us your riches. And Lord, this morning as we are standing in your presence, we're here with you and you are here with us. We are asking that you would open our eyes, open our hearts. Would you be a God today who reveals more of himself? Would you pull back that curtain a little bit more that we might see you, recognize you at work in us and around us, that we might follow you? with passion and excitement. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We've been uh, following a a little bit of a series that's picking up on on this theme of uh, uh, Jesus in me. Jesus in me. The thing about it is, it's alright having Jesus in me, but we want to let Jesus out of me. That's the key thing. I'll start with a confession. I was going to a, a, a meeting this week, and it was at Wokingham. I'd never been to Wokingham before. I thought Wokingham was, uh, well, I never actually really heard of Wokingham. But I've been to Wokingham now. Now, here's the deal. Um, I can't remember what day it was. Maybe it was Tuesday. Might, yes, it was Tuesday. Tuesday was a bit windy. Did you anybody pick up Tuesday was a bit windy? The reason why I know it was a bit windy, because I was heading out, I went to the, um, uh, the Black Dam Roundabout, is that what it's called, yeah? And I'm heading out on the A30 towards uh, Hook. And as I'm, I've come off the Black Dam Roundabout and I'm going up, and do you know that just after that, you're just going up and you're starting to put your foot down, and there's a little, sh- quick little turning into the left. Have you ever done that turning? It's like a one-way street and it goes off to the left, Okay. I didn't realise that was there, but the person in front of me did. And as they slowed down quite aggressively to whip down there, I'm coming up as I'm accelerating away, and I'm thinking to myself, what, what's this, why is this person... So? And then I'm seeing that they're going to turn... They didn't share the fact by using those things. I don't know if you've got them on your car, but I have a mic called indicators. <laughs> yeah, they're little things, they're little flash, and give you some idea of uh, where you might like to go. So I'm, I'm now, now I'm distracted because I'm a little bit inside thinking, oh, silly person in front of me. Um, so now I'm accelerating up the hill. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And you go up and it goes round, right? And as you go round the corner, what's halfway across the road? Guess. A tree. A tree. Halfway across the road. And um, because I got slowed down by um, my lovely friend who was turning left, I hadn't reached my full potential of speed, so I was able to negotiate this tree quite swiftly. It was like a way like that. And I'm going round past the tree, and I'm thinking, God, somebody's going to have an accident there, and I'm driving away. I don't know if you've ever had this, but you get this like still, small voice and says, well, why don't you do something about that then? And I just suddenly think, why didn't I do So I decided I'm going to do something about that. And there was a junction up on the, on the right. So I did a UE in the road because nothing was coming the other way. And I drove back and I pulled over to the side of the road, put my, um, I, my car's got, you can make two lights flash at the same time. Okay. Don't know what that means, but it, just put them on there. That says a hazard there. 
At this point in time, we've got cars coming behind me from Hookway, and then cars coming up the hill from the Blackdown Roundabout, and I'm there, and I haven't got a high-vis vest or anything on, and I'm, I'm looking, and, but everybody can see that there's this tree halfway across the road. So what I, had, I did was I, I, I just, I don't, got hold of this tree. Now, you're all thinking like huge oak trees, aren't you? Well, let me just say, it's like a huge branch. <laughs> well, I say tree, okay, it, 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 it was a part of a tree, all right? So we're not talking about, but it was enough that it was right across the road. And I dragged that into the hedge and, and up there, and there was leaves and stuff and twigs left on the road, and I picked them up. By this time, the road going down towards the Black Dam, all the people had all queued up there, and the people got hooked, had all queued up there, and, and that. And, and then I got back in the car. Nobody moved. Nobody moved. I got back into my car, turned off my um, hazard lights, did a U-turn, and went back. And as I went round that way, the car that was behind that stopped from the black dam, he double flashed his lights at me, and the person coming f- towards me then flashed and put their hand up, and off I went. Have you ever done something, or not done something, let's go with the not done, and suddenly felt, I wish I'd done that? Have you, have you ever, I, I, do you know what? That was one incident on Tuesday. If I listed the incidents on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, yesterday, and today, we'd be here for a long time. But here's what I want, and I believe that God has got for us. I believe that his very presence living within us, that I am in Christ and Christ is in me, as I walk day by day in relationship with him, I will come to that point where it's almost first nature rather than second nature to do the things that Jesus would have done. You might have remembered there's a period of time when everybody walked around with this WWJD badge on. Do you know what would Jesus do? And then people come in that and they question that and say, no, it's not what Jesus do, it's what's Jesus doing, because he's already doing stuff. What I liked about it was it just stopped us for a moment and made us think for a little while that Jesus is at work, but he wants to do it with us and through us. Jesus in me is great, but Jesus coming out of me is even better. Jesus in you is fantastic, But don't keep him in you. Let him out. I don't know if you've ever heard those things, uh, those those please. Do you ever see that film, Free Willy? Okay. It was a film about um, a um, killer whale. Can I just, I'm just going to step back a little bit here. There are times when I might just ask a question and seem like, I don't know the answer, right? I do know the answer, okay? But here's the thing. I learn better when I engage with whoever is teaching me. This last week, on um, Friday, we went to Winchester University and sat in, I had to sit on a lecture, uh, a sample lecture for Ben as he's looking for universities. It, today, Carol and Ben are in um, Canterbury. And uh, Carol's just texted me to say that they're just going in for a lecture. I'm sat in this lecture, and it's great. The guy, who, the professor who's teaching on politics and world transformation, 
is, is a top bloke. He's doing a brilliant job. Love it. But I want to ask him questions. I don't want to just sit in a row. I want to engage with what's going on. So if any time I ask a question, okay, it's not that I've suddenly become thick. It's the fact that I want to tease out of you. Do you know what I'm talking about? That film, Free Willy. Do you remember that? It was about a killer whale. Do we all remember Free Willy? Have we all seen Free Willy? Well, the thing about Free Willy is there's a little boy who sees this killer whale that is trapped in a huge tank to perform for people. But this little lad recognises that that animal is better free. And then he does what he does, and I, I, I don't know how it works out, because I can't remember how it all works out, but I think he gets free in the end. And then, you know, he, he's swimming off in the distance, and he lifts his fin up probably, and what he's, I, I don't know how it ends. But it's something like that. that because the freedom that that whale deserves is the freedom that he was created for, which is to swim the oceans, not to entertain people in a theme park. Okay? The thing about it is, when Christ died on the cross for you and for me, he didn't do it as an act of entertainment. He did it, number one, to remove everything that in any way hinders you and me from having a personal close relationship with our Creator God. So all of our sin was nailed to that cross. All of the rubbish that divides you and me from God is all been nailed to the cross. It's a done deal sorted. Because Jesus' last words on the cross were, it is finished. Not, I'm almost done. So everything that you've ever done, everything that you're doing, everything that you'll ever do, that in any way is a diversion from the best that God has for you, or as we like to call it, sin, that's been paid for. Christ has died for you. The perfect punishment, the perfect gift for our salvation and our freedom. That's done. Sorted. And when we come to Christ, when we come to God and we say to God, I have had this revelation of need that I need you in my life. I want to be in a relationship with you where you speak to me and I speak to you, where you lead me and guide me, where the number of mistakes and the mess-ups that I make on a daily basis will be diminished day by day in my walk with you. I sacrifice myself. I give myself to you, Lord. Will you come and be my Lord and my saviour. Would you save me from my sin? Would you fill me with your spirit? Would you empower me day by day to live for your honour and glory? And God's response to that is, yes! Yes! I'm, I'm in! But at the point where we say, yes, I'm in, and he comes in, and he takes up residence within us, and we read in the scriptures that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's that place of residence. God's in here. But the thing about it is, when God is in there, in us, the, the joy and the passion that he has is not to stay comfortable in the house. It's to get out. And the biggest problem for the church today is that we want to keep God to ourselves and stop letting him out. I, I've got, I don't know if you've ever been to Basingstoke Baptist Church, but I was at Basingstoke Baptist Church um, a little while ago, and uh, they're just an amazing bunch of people. I, I, I don't know if you've met them. If you just have a look around. Just check around. Because who's, who's, you are that church I'm about to talk about. Just look at each other. 
just say, hey, you are good looking. So here's the deal. You people have done something phenomenal and amazing. You called a bloke, that was a risk anyway, so there's, you are, you've called a bloke, but you've not only called him, but you've blessed him and you've given him a, a house to live in. Not only a house to live in, but you've also made that house absolutely perfect. And this weekend, even now, I've got some people working in the back garden, putting down, sorting out a lawn and some steps and stuff, and it's all coming together. The thing about it is, if you had called me You had housed me, and all I did all day, every day, was stay in that house. You would see that as a bad investment. Is that right? Say, yes, Dave. Get out, Dave. Say it. Get out, Dave. That's what we've got to do. If I could stay in that lovely house, which is nicely decorated and it's furnished and and we've got a smashing garden and and the lawn's going down and you'll all come and have barbecues there, definitely, because that's the way we do things. But I've got to let the grass settle in first, okay? I walked on it um, yesterday evening, having it been laid yesterday, and and it moves. (laughs) It moves. But here's the deal. We have been given this blessing, but it's not for us. It's for us to share with others. Christ has come into us. He has been uh, drawn in to take up residence in us at our invitation, although at his prompting. There's a theological thing going on there that we'll come to at some point in the future. But it's not that we would have him in us only. It would be that he would be set free. There's a piece of scripture. I'm on a little bit of an interesting journey here. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. But it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The transformation journey that God wants is that we would so come to a place of knowing his mind that we would do his will, that we would be about his values. And he says, this is happening. As you've come into a relationship with me, this is what I am doing. I am changing you. There's a song, I don't know if you know this song. It's quite an interesting song. It takes me back um, to the first time I think I went to church and It goes like this. It says, Jesus, you are changing me. Do you know this? Come on, keep going then. By your spirit, you're making me like you. Jesus, you're transforming me. That your loveliness may be seen in all I do. Do you know the next line? You are the potter and I am the clay. Help me to be willing to let you have your way. Jesus. You are changing me as I let you reign supreme within my heart. Sarah's just going to come and read you a short story. So if you're sitting comfortably, then we shall begin.
There was once a princess who grew up in a kingdom that had been ravished by decades of famines, war and plague. One night, as the princess slept, she had a dream. In this dream, she was walking through the market that lay by the sea, when a young beggar caught her eye. As she turned to face him, the young beggar looked up. But before their eyes could meet, the dream ended and the princess awoke. As the dream faded, a haunting voice arose in her mind that informed her that if she were ever to meet this young man, he would shower her with riches beyond her wildest dreams. This dream etched itself so deeply on the princess that she carried the vision deep in her heart until one day, years later, as she walked through the market, her gaze caught hold of the same man who had visited her in her dreams all those years ago. Without pausing, she ran up to him and proceeded to relay the whole vision. Never once did he look up, but when the princess had finished her story, he reached into an old sack and pulled out a package. Without saying a word, he offered it to the princess and asked her to leave. Once the princess reached her dilapidated castle, she ripped open the package and, sure enough, there was a great wealth of pure gold and precious diamonds. That night, she placed the package in a safe place and went to bed. But her mind was in turmoil, and the long night was spent in sleepless contemplation. Early the next morning, she arose, retrieved the treasures, and went down to the water's edge. Once there, she summoned up all her strength and threw the riches deep into the sea. After watching the package sink out of sight, she turned and without looking back, went searching for the young beggar. Finally, she found him sitting in the shade of an old doorway. The princess approached, held out her hand and placed it under his chin. Then she drew his face towards hers and whispered, Young man, speak of the wealth you possess, which allows you to give away such worldly treasures without a moment's thought. I believe that those who have the mind of Christ, we have the mind of Christ. Those who have the mind of Christ know the true value of things true value. This week you may have noticed there was um, much news about a diamond ring that was picked up for a tenner in a car boot sale. Don't you wish that you'd picked up that diamond ring? The diamond ring that sold this week for somewhere in the region of £650,000. £650,000. Ten quid. 
You're those people who are aware of the value of things. Don't just come to that awareness out of nowhere. What they do is they train themselves. They put work into it. The scripture talks about us on our journey with God as not having made it and sorted things out, but we are on a journey. And that journey is a journey of transformation. You see, there's that point in time where Jesus was um, being transfigured. Do you remember that story? There was the disciples who'd gone up the mountain with Jesus. We've got Peter, James and John. They're up there looking and Jesus is transfigured. For a moment, the full glory of who God was was made present to them. They're on a mountainside. And suddenly, light is absolutely covering them. And all around them, they are aware that they are in the presence of God. One of the things that happens is that once you have that revelation, you either want to stay there and not move on, or as they wanted to do, they said, let's build some huts, let's keep this place sacred and safe. But God says, no, this is not what it's about. It's about spreading it around. Releasing it to the world around us. God says to us today, I have taken up residence within that I would transfigure out. The word transform, as in Romans 12 verse 2, is only used three times. The same word, root word, is used in this situation where Jesus is transfigured. And this is a picture that God has for us today, just to be mindful of, is that he has taken up residence within us and he is desiring to shine out from us. How does that happen? Happens because we train and we walk and we work together and we don't allow that first encounter with God to be our only encounter with God. We say, I want a daily encounter, moment by moment encounter with you that I would be transformed to the image of Christ. I have multiple verses here that I'm not going to talk about. But I'm going to come to this point. What about transformation? This is where we're at. What about transformation? Here's an equation that I found by a guy called Charles Ryrie, or the Dr. Charles Ryrie. He stated this, allowing the very presence of God who lives in us to be exposed out of us, to radiate, to transfigure from us, is a really simple equation. He says it's this. He says it's about time plus Holy habits equate to spiritual growth. How are you doing on the spiritual growth side of things? The question is that we are to be growing daily, moment by moment. And Ryrie says this, he said, if you take time and add that to holy habits, habits of holiness, then that will equate to spiritual growth. If you're thinking to yourself, why am I the same as I was this time last year? Maybe it's because you haven't taken time, invested in holy habits to see that growth. 28 years this month, I've been walking with God. It was in June 1989 that I gave my life to Christ. 
The thing about it is, in 28 years, I, I should be better. I still drive around trees in the road. And maybe I should be different. But at least I recognise that. Here's another equation. This is one that I put together and I thought I'll add something in here. T plus HHE plus uh, GE. Anybody know what GE might be? Give us, give us an idea. Uh, godly something. Yeah, godly. Who? Energy, like that. Experience, like that. Encouragement. How about this? Because this is where we come to, and this is where I'm going to draw things to a close. You see, it's okay having all the time in the world. The thing about it is, how can I utilise that time to grow in my relationship with Christ that my mind would be renewed? Well, I could get involved. I could have habits of holiness, just as Ryrie says. I could have those habits of holiness. But the thing about it is, habits of holiness need godly encouragement. If you've been walking with Jesus for any period of time, it is your privilege, your joy to encourage others. If you've not been walking with Jesus that long, if it's still all pretty new to you, it is your joy and your privilege to encourage others. When you see something or hear something or receive something or learn something, that helps you open up and allow the light out. I've got this picture, you know, of, 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 of Superman ripping open his shirt so we can see the big S. But we want to open up and so everybody can see the big J. Jesus in me is coming out. He's in you and he wants to get out. He desires to get out. And the thing is that he says, even from you, That's what he can do. Encouragement. Let's take time. Paul says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Don't just go with the flow. Be transformed, transfigured by the renewing of your mind. How will my mind be renewed? I will take time. I will practice those spiritual disciplines. What are they? Read the word of God. Spend time with brothers and sisters in Christ. Get together in small groups. Not just to chit-chat, but to pray and to see God's face. And it will bring around godly transformation. Spiritual growth. But here's the other one. When you're on that journey, would you be a godly encourager? So that you can ensure that people are always being encouraged in their work. Not that we don't put people down, that we build one another up. Simple word today. When we take on board that our discipleship journey is, yes, about Jesus in me, but yes, how can I let Jesus out? How can I find myself fully understanding the value of he that is in me. And just as the princess in the story that Sarah told, she knew this was great wealth, but this peasant was willing to give it away because what he had was a far, far greater value 
Do you know how much value it is that of which you've got, of who you've got? It is mind-blowing. And the cool thing, just as with the Who Cares mission, is that we will let it out. Josh is going to lead us in our final song. It's a song that uh, reminds us that we are in our lives to crown Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And in crowning him and acknowledge him that he's our number one, we start to allow him out of us. Let's stand together and sing.